You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. Miriam, tell me what is it that would make this conversation a powerful conversation for you? Well, it would make a powerful conversation if you could help me out with a limiting belief I have, which I know is not true, but somehow I still can't get it out of my system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as, as you already know, I've been a mom now since nine weeks, so pretty new mom. <laughs> And I'm planning on transitioning to building my own business full-time and not going back into my corporate job, which I've done beforehand, and really go into coaching and personal training like full-time to Uh be of service to a lot more people than I normally would. And I have this limiting belief that as a good mom and caring mom, that you can't really be a successful businesswoman or a successful entrepreneur. So I'm having this conflict in my head. Like if you're a successful businesswoman, really growing your business, then you can't care for your little one the way you want to care for it. Where does that belief come from? You seem like very sure that's a limiting belief that you have. Where does that belief come from? And why do you think you have that belief? Well, I think it comes from especially also the people around me, which I see like here in Switzerland or in Germany, like the friends I have or the people I see around. The moms normally stay at home for a limited time and then maybe go back into a job 20, 40% and often jobs that they haven't learned as an original profession. So just so that they have a job and then they're at home for the rest of the time. From my surroundings, I don't really see moms who do both, right? Like who have a successful business running and have time for their children to care about them, to have fun with them, to spend the time they want to spend with them. Okay, let's ask some more questions so we can see Mm -hmm. if this is really a limiting belief. From what you have shared as of now, what you shared or what I understood of what you shared is that people around you, people in Switzerland, people in Germany, people that you've met, all say that you cannot be a good mom while you are very successful in your career. This sounds like their limiting belief. It doesn't sound like your limiting belief. Are you saying that you're borrowing this belief because you believe them to be true? Or you are just saying, well, oh shit, I didn't know that this was nothing to do with me. It's everything to do with them. That's a good question. Well, probably I share the belief from them, but I don't think it's true. Like when so it's I not your limiting belief, belief. I don't think it's... So this is not your limiting belief. It's their limiting belief, would you say? Yeah. Because you're saying literally the words that you used said, I understand, I believe, but I don't think it's true, which means you don't think it's true. Would you say that's accurate? That's accurate, yeah. Well, so let's first take that word away from our vocabulary and say <laughs> something is a limiting belief because... It's not a limiting belief. It's not even your belief. It's somebody else's belief. So it shouldn't be impacting you beyond your need for social acceptance. Let's just call it that. We are social beings. Social acceptance is a part of our 
spirituality or beingness or psychology. It's not something that you will ignore and it's not something that you can completely go, oh, I'm not going to think about that at all. It is going to happen. This is going to impact you. And at the same point in time, it's not necessarily the only way to have social acceptance. Would you agree? Yeah. Right. And what we are really talking about right now is how we get socially accepted, which is a whole different conversation. We'll probably not talk about that today, but we're talking more about how to have social acceptance and not necessarily how to get over a limiting belief because it's not a belief. Yeah. Right. It is other people's belief. You're reflecting on it because you think because somebody said so, it must be true. Mm-hmm. Right? Would you agree a lot of the things that people say are not actually true? Well, it depends which people you're listening to. But which people you're listening <laughs> to. And even if you're listening to people, everything is perspective. It's true. They have their right. perspective and I have my perspective. And- Do you know the essence of science relies on a working theory? What Can simply it means that? is the reliance of science. Science is one of the truths that we believe is absolutely true, right? Mm-hmm. Because science, science says A, B, C. Every couple of, except some fundamental principles, most scientific principles after a century or so have been proven to be invalid. A lot of scientific theories are not valid anymore. A lot of medical theories are not valid anymore because we have new discovery that happens. That means that even when you think science is right, it's actually not over a course of time, right? Because it's perspective based on data that they have at that moment. Not saying mm-hmm. I'm disregarding science. What I'm saying is how much perspective really matters. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Right? And to understand that it's all a perspective for the minute, which means everything in this universe is debatable and is up for debate, right? Which means when somebody imposes a limiting belief, it's up for debate. Does that make sense to you intellectually? Yeah, it makes sense. Cool. Okay, perfect. So first, the reason why I said that is because when somebody comes to me with a certain limiting belief, I almost, almost, almost always know that it's not a limiting belief. It's a story they've told themselves. Because if limiting belief was that obvious, most of us would actually come over that limiting belief because the presence of real limiting beliefs actually creates a response in our mind to start to overcome it. Because our mind doesn't like to be contained. While it wants to be safe all the time, it doesn't want to be contained. It will try to find a solution. So by the time you'll get into a coaching conversation, if you really had a limiting belief, that limiting belief will actually surpass most of the time. I'm not saying all the time, but most of the time, which is why it was interesting to have you so certain that you have a limiting <laughs> belief. You don't have a limiting belief. Let's explore something else that I think may be very relevant to this conversation. What is a good mother, according to you? Or what is being a good mother? Well, having the time you want to have for your child and to actually be there, laugh with them, have fun with them, and really... Inside of yourself, you don't feel guilty of being somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have time with them, you're having fun with them, and you don't feel guilty when you're away from them. Yeah. Okay. Let's work with each one of these at a time, right? And maybe you'll not work with each one of these because some of these are, you know, you you can probably resolve them fairly easily. But let's talk about guilt. Where does that sit with you? When and how would you feel guilty if you were away from your child? What would be the circumstances for you to feel guilty? It's still quite new, just nine weeks from now. But um, well, the circumstances would be if in my heart, I would feel I really want to be with my son, but I'm going somewhere else because someone asked me to, and I don't really like to do that. So then I, okay. that I didn't follow my heart, and um, that's probably okay. then I would feel guilty. 
But until you are controlling your agenda and your time, you will be able to suspend that guilt. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Now that you're saying that, yes. (laughs) That's it. Because we all control our time, right? Let's be very truthful about this. We can say we don't have time. You, You can say whatever you want. But eventually, we control our time. If we fill it up with work, we fill it up with work. If we fill it up with the play, we'll fill it up with play. But we are in complete control. And that is often true when there is an extreme circumstance. An extreme circumstance will have you make time for things that you would otherwise not be able to make it, right? Yeah. Let's say you were a really busy mom, but your child fell sick. You will make time, right? Sure. That's an extreme circumstance, right? So you'll have all the time in the world suddenly, right? That's because you make time. It's not about do you not have time or do you not have time, right? With that understanding of time, that time is completely in our control. If we were to not have all these people telling you what is success and what is a good mother, and we define firstly, what is a good mother, which we just did, and we now define what is success. Let's see if we can create a plan that fits both the narratives. Because your criteria for a successful mom is not that complicated. You want to have fun with your child. You want to have time with your child. And you want to be having a flexible schedule so you don't feel guilty. It's mostly you being an entrepreneur in a way, because that's what an entrepreneur has. They have time. They do things that they have fun with. And they're always flexible because they design things around their schedule. They are not in a job, which would mean that sometimes you are doing things that other people want you to do. But as an entrepreneur, you have complete flexibility. You do things that you want to do. Does that make sense until now? It makes sense. So your criteria for it being great. remember, <laughs> fantastic. Just let's let's be really honest, though, that everything that will go on going forward from here, we need to define it first, right? We cannot take somebody else's definition for it. Let's define what success means to you. So you said, of course, you want to be a good mother and be successful at the same time. What is being successful? What does success look like to you? Success for me would look like to me that I feel fulfilled in what I'm doing, that I will wake up in the morning and I really want to go to work, do what I love doing, help other people while I'm working. So I'm having an impact on them, a positive impact, being financially secure eventually. Well, these are the things I can come up with just Fantastic. That sounds uh, fantastic and very doable. You're saying you want to have flexibility, you want to have freedom, you want to have impact, and you're saying you want to have financial stability, right? Again, all of the things that are kind of a match to what you just said also makes you a good mother. Your flexibility, that's an overlap. You're having fun and impact that usually would mean you'll be a fun mother because you're doing something that is great. I think the only overlap that may be different in both scenarios is having time specifically with your child and financial security, right? That's the only difference, but having time will fulfill having fun with your child. So that's all good. Now let's talk about financial security. What does financial security mean to you? I mean, what does it look like? Well, it would look like that I don't have to worry on how to pay the bills. How much money would it need for you to not have to worry about how to pay the bills? Say monthly, approximately. You don't have to tell the real answer, approximately. Approximately. So it would be 6,000 francs. 6,000 francs. Okay. So would you be able to relate it to US dollars or standard of living comparison? Is 6,000 francs something that an average employee would get or it's more like yeah. a mid-tier? It's an average. An average. Great. So I would compare it to say $2,000 here in America or $2,500 a month in America. Right. That would be like 
all right, you're starting out, you're new, but you can take your certain notes. Cool. Perfect. So, so let's ask ourselves a very simple question. It's not that your financial needs are something that needs you to work 20-hour days. You are a coach. You're a certified coach with us. And you're also in a business program with us. The question to ask at this stage, Miriam, is to really ask ourselves, okay, how many clients do I need to make 6,000 francs, right? And the reason why I'm kind of tangentially shifting is because you will see how you may have overcomplicated something that may be fantastically simple, which is awesome to realize. What's your focus of coaching? Well, my focus of coaching, well, I want to go uh, female entrepreneurs who would like to make uh, more time in their life in their schedule for and whatever, exactly like free time, uh, family or whatever. Exactly what you would like to do for yourself. Yeah. Fantastic. So... When you're working with a female entrepreneur, let's say their business does, I don't know what's a good successful business, but let's talk about a simple, regular business like a restaurant or something like that, right? They make some money, they don't make a ton of money, but they're very accessible because they're on every corner, right? If a female runs business like that, they probably are extremely busy and would definitely want to create some time in their lives, even to just take care of themselves, right? Fantastic potential audience. It could be many other, but let's say this is the place we start. To, to work with one person that would, let's say one female entrepreneur, say every other week, because to create time, let's say that's all you need and you need to work with them, say, for three months. Would you say a client like that would be willing to pay 6,000 francs to work with them for six sessions? Probably. And I, yeah, yeah, I just don't know the Swiss economy. So I'm kind of like playing here a little bit. And let's say, okay, fine. Even if they don't do 6,000, let's say 4,000 francs. Like, mm-hmm. let's just discount ourselves a little bit here. Cool. So 4,000 francs, six sessions over the course of three months, right? This effectively means that if you can secure two clients every single month or one and a half clients every single month, you will be able to generate 6,000 francs every single month. True. Right? To get two clients in a field that you may already be exposed to, is there a past profession or industry that you operated in? Yeah, I've worked as a physical therapist as well as a personal trainer. Amazing. Amazing. So you have access to a lot of people that have already had impact in their lives because of you, right? Physical therapist, trainer, somebody has worked with you and had some kind of positive impact. Sometimes they were women and sometimes they were probably entrepreneurs or they were high-powered women, even if they were not entrepreneurs per se, right? They were successful leaders and executives and so forth. So how much effort could it possibly take for us to set up a coffee meeting with them or a conversation with them where we could talk about importance of creating time in their lives? Well, not much effort at all. Probably can be done fairly flexibly, would you think? Yeah. Yeah. So you could possibly set it up at the time when the kid's off to sleep and maybe somebody's watching the kid while the kid's off to sleep, right? Because like three-hour nap in the afternoon, maybe they set up something at that time right after my workout, maybe even do the workout with them and then go in and have some coffee with them, right? Sounds like a reasonable thing to do, to be able to do at least three times a week. Seems to have flexibility, seems to have movement, seems to have things that you love, (laughs) things that you have fun with, right? It's not necessarily time away from your kid because they're kind of sleeping at that time. They're really not doing anything, right? And it seems to be connecting with the right kind of clients that you would want to engage with. Right. So what if every week we just set ourselves up to meet three new past clients that may be interested in somewhat of the results that you are suggestive of them to have, right? And if you do three meetings every single week, that would mean about 12 meetings a month. Do you think you'll be able to secure two clients out of 12 meetings that you would have with people who fit the profile and have the financial resources to afford it? 
I would say so. And if not out of those people, I could ask, still ask them for referrals or to ask them the, to pass me on. Exactly. Which was, I was going to suggest next. If not immediately these 12 people, all of these 12 individuals may probably be able to refer out another 24. If I say two people per, per individual, that gives you access to about 36 different people, right? And if we do a good job in connecting with them over the next three months, and we are able to secure six clients out of these 30 some people, 36 people, that would mean that we would have secured the income that you want, but 6,000, it probably is more like 8,000 francs a month, which is great. And then because you have six clients and 30 people that have a good conversation with you, a positive, affirmative conversation with you, a potential of another introduction set of 10, 20 people, right? And now when you have six clients that are running with you, onboarded with you, you can dimensionalize your coaching with these six people as well and continue the conversation beyond three months, right? So you see how organically, with the flexibility that you set, with the time resource that you set, you can create a whole successful business that fulfills your basic desires and then play with it to see how much further you want to go. Because it may be that you're like, you know what? I do like having a lot more time availability. And so I'm not going to get more than two clients a month, right? And that's my future for the next year, next two years, next five years. That's perfectly okay because you have known your criteria, right? So the curiosity, number one, must stay with what is it that you actually want, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I asked you, what does being a good mother means? What does success mean to you? Right? Because now you've clearly outlined, like, this is what being a good mother is. This is what being successful is. Great, fantastic. We have some place to start, right? Now, based on this, what's the easiest path I can create to create as much desired outcome as I possibly can? And know that even if you don't get the clients, let's say, even if one criteria out of maybe six that you had mentioned is not exactly fitting, what you have is a mostly optimized life, right? And mostly aligned life to yourself, right? And that's what we're chasing. We may not get everything exactly as we want, but if we can get 80, 90% of what we want, I think we are winning. Yeah, right? we're already living a big life, yeah. 90% of our desires being fulfilled on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, I think is pretty solid, right? So Miriam, until now, what we've covered is firstly an understanding of limiting beliefs are not somebody else's beliefs, it's your own beliefs. And usually when they come to forefront, because you are, like any other individual, is an intelligent human being, you will almost immediately start to counteract unless you are fighting a conflicting belief. So I just want to address that because sometimes mm-hmm. this happens. And it may not be true for you, but it, it might be true for somebody else that's listening to this. Is What happens is we have conflicting desires, conflicting beliefs, right? So let's say you are revealed a particular limiting belief. And that limiting belief also gives you comfort. This would happen with, say, an individual that is enjoying the idea that they, not enjoying per se, but they have a limiting belief, let's say, where they can't seem to make money, right? And at the same point in time, their parents supporting them financially. These are conflicting desires and conflicting ideas because the reason why they will not figure out how to make money is because they're supported, right? Because it's comfortable already, right? So what would happen is even if they know that they can get past this belief, they will stay in the cycle of getting past the belief and never get over it. They will not take action over it because the comfort, and I'm not saying it's true for everyone, but it's true for a lot of people, is the comfort of where you are is so comfortable that your brain, your mind does not want you 
to get over that belief because it wants you to be set, right? This is why sometimes when we have the desire to be an entrepreneur, but we stay in our jobs, right? Even if you're making enough money, we don't quit the job, right? And the reason sometimes is not that you should still make a smart decision, but a lot of the times the reason is because the comfort of the job our mind says, well, I love to quit this. Yes, I'm bored. Yes, not this is fun. And my boss is not a good boss or whatever, but still it's comfortable. It's safe. I know where I'm going every morning. I know how much I get paid every month, you know, all of that stuff. So that's why we stay in things that we don't like. That's why people live in relationships they don't really enjoy. So sometimes there's a, that conflict. In your case, that was not the case, but it may be a case in other areas of your life. So I'm not saying it's always true that you will get past any limiting belief that is present to you truly. But most of us are intelligent enough that we will almost immediately start the process of getting over that belief. The moment you recognize I have a belief, you say, I'm going to talk to us about it. Like literally you went that way. Like I'm going to talk to us about this, right? And you will do something. You'll pick a book. You'll listen to a podcast. You will you'll talk to a friend. You will do whatever is in your resourcefulness, right? And everybody has different levels of resourcefulness, but you would try to overcome it. That's just our natural being, our mind. that We're all very intelligent. We are intelligent species. Right. So that's the first part. And the second part is clarity. And that was how do we find out what is true for us and then work on a plan to actually get to that truth? Do you feel any of this has been helpful to you till now? Yeah, it sounds so easy when you talk it through and you <laughs> discuss well, that's why we coach. <laughs> that's why we coach, right? Yeah. What is coming up for you right now? Well, somehow a relief, like that it's easier than you normally think because you normally tend to overthink situation or the things and yeah it fills me up with excitement about uh, my future and about everything that's about to come yes yeah so the key message to remember here miriam is simplify ask yourself the follow-up question of really defining what's true for you and you will find most of the answers already stay with you like you really knew exactly what being a good mother was what being successful was i just helped you ask that question to yourself And that discovery is what led to you finding the answer and, of course, finding the solution to your challenges, which is why I advocate coaching so much. Is all we have to do sometimes is sit with a person, ask a question. They already know the answer to, but you just have to bring attention towards it. Definitely, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Miriam. 